0: Hi, I'm Gianna Volpe, and thank you for listening to The Heart of the East End on 88.3 WLIWFM, the show where we get to the heart of any matter at hand with folks from all walks of life on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. We stream online at WLIW.org radio and welcome your comments, questions, and collaborations of all kinds on The Heart of the East End. Live in the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York, on October 24th, 2022. I'm Gianna Volpe on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. Republican nominee for Governor Lee Zeldin will face off against Governor Kathy Hochul on Tuesday in what's likely to be their only debate ahead of the November 8th election. Zeldin confirmed yesterday. The candidates will meet in Pace University at 7 p.m. tomorrow for the one-hour debate set to air on Spectrum News. Zeldin, a member of Congress from Shirley, Long Island, revealed his decision to participate near the end of a 366-word statement Sunday, again calling Governor Hochul a coward for insisting on just one face-to-face matchup. When asked yesterday about her refusal to agree to additional dates, Hochul noted that a single debate was not unusual for New York governor's races. Quote, I also want to point out I'm still running the state of New York government. I don't have time to stand on a street corner screaming into the wind, Governor Hochul said. In other news, Michael Valva allegedly starved, beat, and emotionally abused his young sons. Suffolk County prosecutors have said during the former NYPD officer's second-degree murder trial, which continues on Monday with testimony from the lead detective on the case. Michael O'Keefe reports on Newsday.com that the father allegedly forced Thomas Valva and his older brother Anthony to sleep, eat, and study for years in an unheated garage, often in freezing cold, often without mattresses, blankets, or nor pillows, according to testimony presented during the trial, now entering its fourth week. Valva exiled Anthony and Thomas to the garage as the temperature dipped to 19 degrees, uh, Assistant District Attorney Laura Newcomb told the jury in Riverhead during her opening statement and then hosed him him down with freezing water from a spigot outside their Santa Merch's home. Valva, she said, is responsible for the death of Thomas, eight years old, when he died on January 17th. 2020 of hypothermia, the prosecutor said. But does that mean Valva 43 is a murderer? The defense team concedes that Valva, who has pleaded not guilty to second-degree murder and child endangerment charges in Thomas's death and the alleged abuse of Anthony, then 10, was a terrible father, but Valva did not show depraved indifference as required for a second-degree murder conviction, uh, Valva's attorneys have said. The evidence, however disturbing, does not suggest Valvet didn't care if Thomas lived or died, they argue. Looking at schools, student math scores in New York and most other states fell at record rates during the COVID-19 pandemic, prompting federal testing officials to conclude that the decline could potentially hinder the career plans of many young people. John Hildebrand reports on Newsday.com that state-by-state test results released today by those same federal authorities showed that fourth-grade math scores in New York dropped 10 points between 2019 and 2022 to an average of 227. Eighth-grade scores dropped six points to an average 274. Nationwide, fourth-grade results dropped five points to an average 235, while eighth-grade marks Fell eight points to 273. 40% of students in both New York and the nation ranked below basic level in performance. By federal definition, basic is the lowest of three categories that also include proficient and advanced. Scoring is on a scale of zero to 500. Scores on federally sponsored reading tests also fell in most states. Though less dramatically, in New York, 4th grade scores fell 6 points to an average 214, while 8th grade scores remained level at 262, the same as in 2019. That was the lowest mark for New York since federal state-by-state testing began here in 1998. Nationwide, the 4th grade average dipped 3 points to 216, while 8th grade marks also dropped 3 points to 259. Testing experts speculated that widespread school closures at the height of the pandemic most likely affected math instruction the most. Experts said that's because many students working remotely at home found it more difficult to complete assignments in math than in reading without having a teacher nearby to help. And finally, the Southampton Town Pilot Blinking Light program started this morning and will run through this coming Friday, October 28th. Kitty Merrill reports on 27East.com that Supervisor Jay Schneiderman... Explain that the program includes prohibiting left turns from County Road 39 when uh, lights at the intersection are set to blink. One of the lights included in the program, McGee Street, is a route to Tuckahoe School. Prohibited turns there are being watched closely. School buses will be allowed through, but teachers and parents driving their kids to school can't get through. The idea is to keep traffic moving on County Road 39. From 5.30 to 9.30, A.M. On weekdays this week, traffic signals at six intersections will flash yellow to allow for continued traffic flow on Montauk Highway and County Road 39 in Southampton, Hampton Bays and Watermill. Intersections include Canoe Place Road on Montauk Highway, Tuckahoe Road at its intersection with both Montauk Highway and County Road 39, McGee Street and County Road 39, St. Andrews Road at Montauk Highway and Station Road and Montauk Highway in Watermill. While the lights are flashing yellow, Left-hand turns will be prohibited. East and westbound drivers can't uh, make them from the main thoroughfares, and drivers heading north or south will not be allowed to turn left or drive through the intersections. Because officials need to compile baseline data on commute times and use of back roads, the Canoe Place light program, which has been running on and off, so to speak, since last spring, was suspended for several days last week. Reading the weather in Stony Brook in honor of our first guest this morning, Stony Brook Medicine's Todd, Dr. Todd Griffin joining us to talk about the most common reason for hysterectomies, a procedure which 20 million American women have had. Looking like showers and possibly a thunderstorm before 2 p.m. today, then showers likely after that. Some of the storms could produce heavy rainfall, high near 62 degrees, northeast wind. 10 to 13 miles per hour tonight. A chance of showers before midnight, then areas of drizzle, with a chance of showers after midnight. Areas of fog as well. After midnight, otherwise cloudy with a low around 60 degrees. East wind 6 to t- uh, 6 to 8 miles per hour. Right now it's 56 degrees, and I am picking up where we left off on the Ghost Edition uh, that I played for you. I might have been last Monday. I'm not quite sure. But I know we left a couple ghost tracks behind, so I'm going to reclaim that now. We've got Great Escape, Indigo Girls, Zachary Knowles and Halsey. But first, Travis here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, A Ghost, from the 10 Songs Record of 2020 on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
1: Line by line we drew it up. Had our feeling, threw it up. Broke the will and tore it up. I can't even say why. All my past is shoring up. even on my door won't stop. Good fly so I made it up. And I can't even say why. I can't even say why.
2: I tell you, what is rising? Cause I'm chasing. Just... time, don't know what I expect to find, she comes and she shows
0: Great Escapes 2018 single Ghost here on the heart of the East End, the weekday morning and midnight show playing music from all decades and genres and interviewing folks from all walks of life, all because of you, the listener supporter of Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. 88.3 on the FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut. in Central and Western Suffolk. Of course, streaming online to wherever you are at WLIW.org slash radio. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Great Escape. These are the Indigo Girls. Uh, This is a demo version of Ghost uh, from 93. We've got Zachary Knowles with his Ghost single of 2020. And then we'll go back to Halsey's Badlands record of 2014 for her ghost. Ella Henderson Ghost from the Chapter 1 record before we use that track to transition to another topic. Uh, Speaking of other topics, we do have Dr. Todd Griffin joining us for the Medical Monday segment in just a few minutes, underwritten by Jennifer Benton. Hello, Jennifer, wherever you are, I imagine out in Greenport Village. And, of course, uh, former Mayor Dave Nice, uh, who is her Guy, I'm Gianna Volpe. Uh, uh, These are the Indigo Girls. And you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Go girls on WLIWFM, leading us to the bottom of the nine o'clock hour on Monday morning, just after midnight on Tuesday. If you're listening to the replay, it means it's time for our Medical Monday segment, underwritten by Jennifer Benton. Uh, and we are honored to have Dr. Todd Griffin joining us from Stony Brook Medicine to talk about uh, uterine fibroids. It's a far cry away from July which is a Fibroid Awareness Month, but still an important topic. Thank you so much for joining us on WLIWFM, Dr. Griffin.
3: Thank you very much for having me.
0: So let's start from the bottom, doctor. What are fibroids for all the uterine-having individuals out there?
3: Sure. So fibroids are unfortunately a very common disorder. What? So the, the uterus itself, think of it as a big muscle. And the purpose of that muscle is to squeeze out a baby or to help squeeze out uh, a woman's uh, menstrual cycle. Mm -hmm. And what a fibroid is, is that one of the muscle cells essentially makes multiple copies of itself. And you get a ball of muscle. So essentially a fibroid is a ball of muscle that sits within the uterus. Um, And, you know, we'll see maybe as high as maybe 60 to 70 percent of women will have fibroids.
0: Right. By Uh, Most
3: of the fibroids may be small and, and you know, like pea sized or grape sized and sorry
0: to sorry when they bigger s- they can cause problems doctor doctor Griffin just to to um let folks know it's as, as the women age right so so 20 to 25% of women of reproductive age have fibroids correct. and then by the age of 50 up to 80% of black women 70% of white women will have them as well
3: correct so it, it you know it's it's definitely a disease that we see progresses during reproductive ages so you know as as women move further through the reproductive time they will grow over time so early earlier in the reproductive ages we may not be able to see them or they're small and and not causing a problem but obviously as women get older and as the fibroids grow they can cause different issues
0: now is there anything that can be done besides having a hysterectomy i understand that it's the, the most common reason for uh, someone to have one, a hysterectomy, I mean. Yes.
3: Yeah, so there's there's a number of different ways. It really depends on what the problem is, right? So fibroids can cause problems around causing heavy menstrual bleeding. Okay. Um, they can also cause fertility issues, and then as they get bigger, they can also cause issues where they're pushing on other organs and causing, you know, um, uh, maybe bladder symptoms, bowel symptoms, other things like that. So when patients are young where fertility is still something that they would like to maintain, there are ways to treat the fibroids either surgically or medically or, or some newer devices that can also treat fibroids to help either remove the fibroids, fibroids or shrink the fibroids so that women can maintain their fertility. Right. Um, as women get older, where um, fertility is not so much of an issue there are ways to try to either decrease the blood supply to the uterus, which can help um, uh, affect fibroids, or there are other surgical ways to uh, treat fibroids as well that aren't always a hysterectomy. But realistically, once women have certain size fibroids or have symptoms that are more severe, many times uh, hysterectomy will be, will be something we'll be discussing with them uh, later in their uh, reproductive age.
0: And what are some... Uh... I mean, is this a dangerous procedure? I, I mean, uh, has it gotten safer over the years? How also, how new? Uh, a
4: hysterectomy, you mean? Or, yeah, or yeah. removal and, of fibroids? Yeah, so,
3: yeah, so our, our, our techniques for all those different procedures, whether it's to do a the surgical term for removing a fibroid but leaving the uterus is called a myomectomy. So we used to have to do all myomectomies, especially on fertility uh, when women were still there for uh, fertility ages, we would have to do them as an open procedure, which was, uh, you know, a few-day hospital stay, it right. was a big recovery. Right. Now we can do those pretty much, you know, probably 90, 95% of them we can do minimally invasive, meaning we can do it uh, using advanced laparoscopic techniques or using robotic technology That's fantastic uh, to assist with the surgery. Are and then t- similarly for hysterectomies, you know, when I was training 20 years ago, you know, we probably did You know, 95% of our hysterectomies were done open, meaning a big incision in the belly, and 5% were done minimally invasive. Now it's flipped completely the opposite. So we can do 90% or so, 95% can be done minimally invasive, so patients can actually have their surgery go home the same day, have a much shorter recovery. So our surgical techniques have gotten a lot better you know, our ability to prevent fibroids and to uh, do other things has not really changed. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the area where we still need a lot of research on how can we have better ways of treating fibroids that don't require surgery? How do we have better ways of helping prevent fibroids? Right. I think that's the area where there needs to be a lot of um,
4: uh, uh, research
3: effort put in.
0: So, so what what do we know as of now? Is there anything that we know as far as uh, maintaining our our own health? How can we possibly, uh, of, of the little that we do know, prevent or slow or et cetera, as far as fibroids are concerned?
3: So I think, you know, for, for now, we don't really have great prevention therapies. Mm. I think a lot of it is knowing that you have them right. and then being able to make the decisions, especially around the fertility patients, earlier than later. So, you know, one of the things that I see often is women who come, who get sent to me in their late 30s, early 40s, who haven't had a child yet, and now they have very large fibroids. And so there's two things that we have to worry about then. One is, can we make the uterus normal to be a receptacle for pregnancy? And then we have to worry about their ovarian function is actually can we get pregnant without help. And so for me, I think the the thing that I want to get across to women more, more so than ever is that you know, at a younger age, please be aware. Do you have fibroids? Let's let's make sure we're having conversations and optimizing their outcomes for future pregnancy. Um, because I, what I what what's very difficult is to see women in their late 30s and early 40s who never thought that fertility was going to be an issue, and now we're having a much different conversation. So I think being I think awareness is really important. How can, how can, also, how, can so how can women I know? How can unfortunately
0: how can women know that they have see, them? how can women know yes, that they have and them
3: i think unfortunately we see this in our underrepresented populations uh, you know people who are socioeconomically disadvantaged mm-hmm. more that they are not getting the care on a routine basis so really trying to provide you know making sure that women are getting in getting seen getting ultrasounds appropriately to know if they have fibroids all those things i think are really important
0: all right so so how yeah how can how can women uh, know i mean all right so if we're going in for our appointments um, you know, uh, to see the OBGYN. I mean, what are ways that women can find out younger? Uh, you know, do, do you recommend yep. that that women go in specifically to to find out uh, more of this information? Because I'm thinking uh, as a as a woman myself, that there was never a point where this topic came to my head where I thought I should go find out what's going on it. Doesn't it seem like there should be some sort of like, uh, screening maybe in the 30s uh, for women where they can look into this issue and be encouraged to do so?
3: Yeah, I I think that ultrasound is still like the best tool for this. Um, and, you know, think of ultrasound for the gynecologist like the stethoscope for the heart. You right. know, And unfortunately, many women either get an ultrasound or aren't really informed of the fact of right. what these fibroids are and what they really mean. So right. many of them knew they had fibroids but didn't really And what the implications were. So one is really education for women so they can advocate for themselves. Right. The other is there's many women who ever never get an ultrasound, and you know the 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 routine pelvic exam, you know depending on the skill of the provider may or may not pick them up unless they're big. And honestly, we see a lot of patients who come in with, you know, fibroids the size of basketballs. Oh my goodness. Who have been seen every year by their doctor. And now come in and were, and they were unaware of the fact that they had these very large, you know, fibroids. So I think women, it, it, a lot of it is advocating for yourself. I think a lot of it is, you know, if you're unsure, requesting an ultrasound is probably a good thing to get an idea. Do you have fibroids? And then making sure you're following up on them right. and making sure that, that the, the OB-GYN is, is really, you know, um, uh, treating you and getting you into the, with the right specialist to make sure you're getting the best outcomes.
0: And I hope that any providers that are listening uh, sort of uh, take a a cue from this interview and, you know, if they see something to say something and and help inform their patient uh, as far as explaining what what certain things mean and what they could mean later on. Uh, Dr. Griffin, before uh, I let you go, can you talk a little bit about about symptoms? What else that uh, folks can pick up perhaps outside of that? Uh, Is there any... other symptoms?
3: Go ahead. Yeah. So probably the most common symptom we see with fibroids is irregular menstrual bleeding. So it could be bleeding in between the periods. Got It It could be a sign. Also just very heavy periods is also another sign. Um, Unfortunately for women, you know, they they only know what their period is. So it's hard for them to judge is my period heavier than someone else's, Right. right? So sometimes you look for longer days, so, are you having seven to t- seven to ten days of a menstrual cycle versus you know five to seven? Um, so that may be a clue. Um, some of the other symptoms would be around if you're you're noticing you have to pee frequently, if you're having bowel issues, um, you know, if you're just feeling you know like heaviness in your pelvis. All those things may be things that could be a sign that you potentially have fibroids. Um, and again, I think it's important for you to. If you have an ultrasound that does say fibroids, to really understand where they are within the uterus, what what those implications are, and really having a conversation with your doctor.
0: You know, I I am very encouraged uh, just hearing about uh, the the leaps and bounds. It seems that no matter what topic we're talking about, as far as as medicine is concerned, uh, there's been a lot of um, progress in the past few decades. That makes me very happy. And and as far as the uh, fibroid removal. Uh, techniques that was very encouraging how m- how how uh, has having those procedures um, reduced the amount of say hysterectomies that are being had uh, over time? Uh, I'm asking that question kind of awkwardly, but yes. hopefully you understand what I mean
3: the number of hysterectomies have gone tr- down tremendously over the last couple of decades for a couple couple reasons one is we have better ways of treating the menstrual bleeding even Some of the newer IUDs that have progesterone in them can help control some of the menstrual bleeding, so that's been important. Some of the non-surgical techniques for treating fibroids have also helped. Um, So there has been a decrease overall in hysterectomies, which I think is a good thing. Um, As women become more informed about what are their different choices, I think that's a really important thing. Uh, Too often, uh, as a referral doctor, I'll see patients who come in who really didn't know all their different options. Or we're told they could only have this done. You know, they can only have a hysterectomy. And then we talk to them and say, no, there's other things you could do. Here's other things you could think about. Um, As well as we often see women, I think a common thing that we see is women who are perimenopausal come in, and they've been told they have to have a hysterectomy. When in reality, you know, in a year or so, if if bleeding is the main issue, they're going to go through menopause. And can we just do something to help them get through menopause? And maybe that's a better way for treatment as opposed to putting them through a surgery. So I think it's really important to be informed about all your different options yeah. choices and making sure you're seeing truly fibroid experts.
0: Yeah, and, and, and get get a second or third opinion. Uh, just make sure right. that you are uh, advocating for yourself. Dr. Todd Griffin of Stony Brook Medicine, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Where should women go if they want more information on this topic
3: so they can, they, if they wanted to, they can go to our website in Stony Brook Medicine, uh, so University Associates of Obstetrics and Gynecology, or if they wanted to call and see anybody in our office, it's 631-444-4686.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Griffin. I hope you'll be back with us. I am Gianna Volpe. That's Dr. Todd Griffin, this is Zachary Knowles. And you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you just heard the Medical Monday segment underwritten by Jennifer Benton right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLI-WFM.
5: I know you read them. I know you see, what you don't answer me. And I get the message, yeah. You don't want to deal with it. Sorry for the drama. Know you only got a minute. Tell me what I'm feeling. Maybe I'm overreacting. That's been known to happen. Conversations that we had. You kept your head down. Were you even listening? And don't say that you had my back. I'm looking around. It's looking like you've been a ghost lately. I know you read 'em. I know you see, but you don't answer me. I get the message. I guess you're fed up on the. Blue. for the drama no you only got a minute tell me what i'm feeling feeling. things were better back then i'm missing where we at yeah you seem like you feel okay i'm sleeping next to nothing you used to be my everyday now it's hard to function you've been a ghost lately I know you read 'em. I know you see, but you don't answer me. I get the message. I guess you're fed up on the.
6: I'm searching for something that I I don't like them innocent, I don't want no face fresh Want them wearing leather bag and let me be your taste test I like the sad eyes, bad guys, mouth full of white lies Kiss me in the corridor real quick to tell me goodbye You say that you're no good for me Cause I'm always tugging at you, Steven. I swear I hate you when you leave To the soul that you used to be You're a rolling stone boy, never sleep alone boy Got a million numbers and they're filling up your phone boy I'm off the deep end, sleeping on that through the weekend Saying that I love him, but I know I'm gonna leave him You say that you're no good for me Cause I'm always tugging at you, sleeve And I swear I hate you and you leave but I like it anyway My ghost, where'd you go? You in the body, sleeping next to me. My ghost, where'd you go? What happened to the soul that she used to be?
7: I'm
6: searching for something. My ghost, where'd you go? I can't find you in the body sleeping next to me. My ghost, where'd you go? What happened to the soul that you used to be?
0: From Halsey to Ella Henderson. This is Ghost from the Chapter 1 record of
8: 2014. Ella Fitzgerald on deck. I'm sleeping all these demons away. But your ghost, the ghost of you, keeps me away. My friends, had would you figure it out? Yeah, they're so much inside of you. You tried hiding another you. But your evil was coming. And that course I'm slipping all these demons away. But your course the ghost of who will- is
0: From Ella Henderson to Ella Fitzgerald, you really get it all right here on the Heart of the East. On the weekday morning and midnight show, playing music from all decades and genres and speaking to folks from all walks of life, all because of you, the listener supporter of Long Island's only NPR radio station, Foo Fighters and Nancy Atlas Project on deck, leading you into the NPR news break at the top of the hour and the next local news update. Stay right here with us. Uh, Southampton Town uh, Police Lieutenant Susan Ralph will be joining us at the bottom of the next hour. I'm Gianna Volpe, this is Ella Fitzgerald, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome, and you're listening to WLI-WFM NPR Radio.
9: Out on the plains Down near Santa Fe I met a cowboy Riding the range one day, and as he jogged along, I heard him singing a most peculiar cowboy song. It was a ditty he learned in the city. Come on, the eye, come at the yippee.
10: Get along, get hip, little dog. Get along, better be on your way. Get along get hip, little doggy, and he trucked him on down that old fairway, singing his cow-cow boogie in the strangest way, coming to ya ya yeah, coming to yip till ya
9: singing his cowboy songs, he's just too much, he's got a knocked out western accent, with a heart Don't touch, he was raised on local weed. He's what you call the swing half breed, singing his cow cow in the strangest way. Come on, die, Come at the yippee, eh. <laughs>
10: Now, get hip, little doggie, get long, you better be on your way, get long, get hip, little doggie, as he shuts it on down, the old fairway, singing the cow cow boogie in the strangest way, coming to ya-ya-ya, coming to yip ya yeah.
9: Singing his cowboy songs, he's just too much He's gotta knock that western accent with a Harlem touch
10: That cat was raised on loco weed Jackie's what you call a swing half-breed
9: Singing his cow cow boogie in the strangest way Come at the I-I, come at the F-I-I. Come at the I-I,
10: come at the
9: Get, 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 get along, little doggy. Better be on your way.
0: So I always feel a little self-conscious when I play a really rockin' Foo Fighters track for you in the morning. But I feel like on a rainy day like today, hey, maybe the boost was needed. Leading you into the NPR news break, the one and only Nancy Atlas. Nancy Atlas Project, Cowgirl's Heart from the Cut and Run record of 2017. We'll be back.
11: I've got a cowgirl's heart And it's a wandering thing Yeah, sometimes I don't give a damn But I can break at the cry Of a babe's lullaby Or the touch of a free-ranging man Oh Me, but don't leave me astray. Just try and love what you can. Cause I've got a cow. girl's heart, it's a wonder and thing, it's for you.
0: With Long Island Local News. I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM. Leading up to the November 8 general election, a diverse group of nonprofit organizations has held voter registration drives, candidate forums, and debates to provide information to the electorate, which they hope will drive people to the polls. The League of Women Voters has created a website, Vote411.org, where people can type in their address. Find out what's on the ballot and the candidates running for office. There's also a state website that provides voter information, elections.ny.gov. Adrian Esposito, executive director of the Citizens Campaign for the Environment, points out there is a statewide bond issue on the ballot. Prop 1 is a once in a generation opportunity to vote for clean water. Esposito said of the $4.2 billion bond proposal. On most ballots in the state, except in Nassau, voters need to flip over the ballot to vote on the proposition. In Nassau, though, the proposition is on the front of the ballot at the bottom. Meanwhile, closing the chapter on a lengthy and bitter exchange, the Republican candidate for governor, Representative Lee Zeldin, has agreed to debate Governor Kathy Hochul tomorrow. The debate, the only one before the general election on November 8th, will be held at 7 p.m., ...tomorrow night and hosted by Spectrum News ny one That even one debate would be held has been a matter of some contention. Congressman Zeldin had previously challenged Governor Hochul to a series of debates, but she agreed to this single one. Zeldin refused to accept the date in protest noting that because it came so late, many voters would already have received and filled out absentee ballots. But Hochul held firm, and yesterday, Zeldin agreed to appear. So Republican nominee for Governor Lee Zeldin and incumbent Governor Kathy Hochul will face off against each other in Spectrum News' general election debate tomorrow at 7 p.m. at Pace University. The one-hour debate will air on Spectrum News channels in New York State and will be moderated by Errol Lewis and Susan Arbetter. It is the only scheduled gubernatorial debate this year. In politically adjacent news, let's call it, outgoing New York State Senator Phil Boyle, who's leaving office at the end of the year after opting not to seek re-election, starts the next chapter of his career today when he takes the helm of Suffolk. Off track betting. Carl McGowan reports on Newsday.com that the Bay Shore Republican fills the public benefit corporation's vacant executive director post just as OTB embarks on a plan to transform its lucrative Jake's 58 casino in Islandia. Boyle will serve in that role until January when he expects to be named Suffolk OTB's president and chief executive. Boyle 61 is expected to lead an overhaul of Jake's that includes doubling its 1,000-video lottery terminals and adding Atlantic City-style amenities such as expanded restaurants and possibly sports betting. Boyle will be paid a prorated $180,000 annual salary as executive director and $250,000 when he becomes president in January. Boyle makes the standard state senator salary of 110 dollars thousand dollars annually annually through the end of twenty twenty two. Jakes fifty eight has been among New York's most successful video lottery casinos since it opened. Last month Jakes pulled in gross revenues of $338.4 million and netted twenty point six million dollars after players were awarded prizes, according to online State Gaming Commission records. OTB earned $9.3 million after making required payments to the state public school fund and casino vendors. OTB officials think there is untapped potential for Jakes, pointing to new revenue sources such as esports and mobile sports betting, which became legal in New York in January. And finally, scores on federally administered math tests fell in New York and most other states by the sharpest rates since testing began in the 90s, according to 2022 results released today. U.S. testing officials and other experts on Long Island and elsewhere attribute most of the decline to effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, surprise, surprise, and disrupting school schedules and temporarily confining students to their homes. The Biden administration has provided billions of dollars in emergency relief aid, including $500 million in Nassau and Suffolk counties in an effort to help schools cope with the rise in struggling students. John Hildebrand reports on newsday.com that testing experts said many students re- working remotely at home found it more difficult to complete assignments in math than in reading without having a teacher nearby to help. Reading the weather here in Southampton in honor of our next guest, you'll either be Southampton Town Police Lieutenant Susan Ralph, uh, Ralph, or um, Jaguar Paths Ray Christ, if uh, Lieutenant Ralph is unavailable at that time at the bottom of the hour for the Monday meditation. Looking at the weather, showers and possibly a thunderstorm before 2 p.m., then showers likely after that. High near 62 degrees, northeast wind around 10 miles per hour. Tonight, a chance of showers before midnight, then areas of drizzle, with a chance of showers after midnight as well as areas of fog, otherwise cloudy, with low around 60 degrees. East wind, 6 to 8 miles per hour. Right now it's 56 degrees. I had a whole bunch of cowboy tracks set up for you next, but in honor of the rain, I've got rain songs, so we're moving from Nancy Atlas Project's Cowgirl's Heart to the cow sills, the rain, the park, and other things. Old Man Canyon, Peter, Paul, and Mary, and our very own Caroline Doctorow on deck after that. I'm Gianna Boltby and Bolby. And you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, commercial-free and awesome, all because of you, the awesome listener of Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
7: I saw her sitting in the rain. Sup. Love. Um. Suddenly the sun broke through. I turned around, she was gone. And all I had left was one.
12: I wake up, seems like it's all made up. Who is it I need to be? I'd like a soft reminder, something to calm the fire. It's burning.
0: it. Uh, I think that I only just recently introduced y'all to this uh, band, Old Man Canyon. Loved that track, In the Rain, from the Phantom and Friends EP of 2014. Hopping back to 65 for a little Peter, Paul, and Mary, Early Morning Rain. Uh, our very own Caroline Doctorow from her Dreaming in Vinyl record after that. I think it's going to rain today. And uh, that is what the weather people are predicting, and we have parroted to you from the National Weather Service. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Peter, Paul, and Mary, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome, and you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, W-L-I-WFM. 88.3 on the FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut. 96.9 um, in Central and Western Suffolk, of course. Streaming online to wherever you are at WLIW.org radio. Speaking of local music, uh, this Wednesday is NPR's uh, third annual Music Day. We're going to be having two performances live in FM Studio 51 that morning. Joe Dalia joins uh, me on The Heart. At 1025 later that afternoon, Inda Eaton will join Brian Cosgrove on the afternoon ramble. Uh, You're not going to want to miss it, so make sure your dials are set accordingly to WLIWFM.
13: Windows and empty hallways, pale dead moon, and the sky streaked with gray. Human kindness overflowing, and I think it's going to rain today. Scarecrows dressed in the lace Human kind can at my feet I think I'll kick it down the street That's no way to treat a friend
4: Right
13: before
0: You're wondering what the rain is going to bring you this morning. Well, it's going to be bringing you more local music. After Pokey Lafarge's is what the rain will bring. We've got Jack's waterfall rain and driving snow. I'm fairly confident that that is not what today's rain will bring. Uh, more likely we'll have raindrops and teardrops, but hoping you're not crying out there. Jetty Coon's copper raindrops on after that. Uh, Then Bobby Vinton's Rain Rain Go Away. After that, my favorite rain song on the record as saying rain on the roof. The love and spoonful is my favorite. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Pokey LaFarge and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to the rain edition of The Heart here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
14: Is calling, trees are shaking, leaves are falling. You just never know what the rain will bring. Storm's coming, mama knows by the pain down in her bones, and you just never know what the rain will bring. Stay. Back in old 93, the Mississippi had a way with me. And you just never know what the rain will bring. Sometimes it stops as soon as it starts. Other times you wish you had Noah's Ark. And you just never know what the rain will bring.
15: I'm the end.
0: Long Island's own Jack's waterfall leading us to the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour on Monday morning just after 1 a.m. If you're listening to the replay and it's time for our Monday meditation and how perfect is this standing in for Lieutenant Ralph, who I, I imagine is probably in a meeting right now is Ray Christ of the Jaguar path joining us for the Monday meditation. How perfect is that, Ray?
16: Uh, yes, it is. So thank you, Jenna, for having me over today.
0: Thank you for being with Pleasure. us, and so lovely to have you on Long Island with us. So I was looking at um, the website, jaguarpath.com, and they mentioned the How Summit, Summit uh, listing you up there with the Dalai Lama. Uh, it is an honor to have you with us, and of course, um, thank you mm-hmm. very much to Bridget Leroy and E.J. for um, helping coordinate everything. What brings you to town, first of all?
16: Um, I passing through the United States as a travel, uh, as you mentioned, we just finished the Flow Summit in Europe. Uh, specifically, in, uh, I, I was in Greece. Uh, the Flow Summit is a international movement of getting teachers from around the world uh, to be heard. So list of uh, 20 teachers from around the world uh including as you mentioned the dalai lama dr dr joe dispenza and more we're all essentially talking and bringing up the subject of consciousness um i want to say kindness and and bringing that consciousness and kindness and passion to the world and in essence an awakening an awakening of who am i what am i here to serve you know many Many times we, we're, we're walking our life, and we have good days, bad days, and we're all trying to have really great days. Uh, but is there a moment that we pause on that and put that aside, that that you know, how can I have a great day today? And maybe bring up and say, how can I be of great offering today?
15: Right.
12: Often, so ha- yeah, often my
16: help- take oh, from sorry, coming ahead. from having uh, received a lot of help in healing myself from cancer, both from Western medicine, but also from the shamans of Peru, I'm bringing next the Dalai Lama, who brings that Tibetan uh, philosophy. I'm bringing the, the Peruvian philosophy, if you want, of how can I be in balance with the earth and with people around me.
0: So much wisdom there. I, I'm trying to be kind to myself for calling it the How Summit, saying, okay, well, it kind of looks like How. Flow makes it, a lot more it sense. It is the
16: How Summit, actually. <laughs> It is a how, how to flow summit. Amen. <laughs> In many ways, that's correct.
0: All right. So, and, <laughs> and you know, I, I just want to say uh, one way that you can have a, a good day or a great day is forgiving yourself for uh, small missteps. I can't tell you how many times uh, focusing on uh, what's going wrong has prevented uh, what's going right from really uh, taking over. Can you talk a little bit? Uh, Ray, about uh, how you found uh, shamanism, how you found uh, Tibetan and Peruvian wisdoms uh, in your life.
16: Uh, It's been a a wonderful journey. It's been a wonderful hero's journey. Difficult in the beginning, but yet wonderful. And uh, uh, I just feel blessed to have walked this path 2005, I had a surgery at the National Institute of Health in uh, in Maryland, the NIH. Right. And after my surgery, I I was told that we would have to have follow-ups and see if there would be more surgeries necessary, etc. For me, I decided that I needed to heal in a deeper way, and I decided to travel to Mexico and to Peru. And it was in Peru that I met with Shaman's. Uh, namely Don Francisco uh, Pacar Flores, who is a renowned shaman of Peru, uh, where I tapped into this amazing wisdom. Uh, In some ways, most of us don't know what shamanism is in the West. I thought it was mysterious magic power. But I really found out that uh, the, the mystery and the magic was behind what he taught me. And what he taught me is that one of the most powerful healing energies that uh, we have is the healing energy of affection. You know, I stood there and I actually was on my knees and said, Don Francisco, I have cancer, I just did a, a surgery, but I still may be dying. Can you please heal me? And he looked at me and said, I can't heal you, but I can train you to become a shaman and you can heal yourself. And that he did. It's been since 2005 till today that he is my teacher. He is my brother. He is an ally in life. We now teach together. We now uh, travel the world and teach together.
2: What a beautiful work, story! work, the
16: shamans' work, is not something magical or about superstition. It's definitely not a religion. It's about being a naturalist and coming back to balance with Earth and with the elements of Earth. You know, just taking a moment to breathe that wind, the air. Take a moment to look at the ocean. Take a moment to feel the earth, the flowers, the fruits. Right. And connect, reconnect with all the animals that are around us. You know, so we've driven to extinction all the animals in Europe and then mostly in the United States, and we're kind of left alone to our own device and we're just turning to TV and technology. Right. In, in that sense, we've cut connection from nature. And that is what's happened is that we've cut connection with our own nature. I love that. And you know, and I see anxieties and I see cancers and I see all these things like I was going through. I realized that that is that aloneness and a and panic of like, who am I? How can I live life? And I keep on scrambling to live life in reference to what others are doing. What is that person driving? What is that person doing in the job? But now I've shifted and I don't I live in reference, but rather I live in reverence to how I feel and how I'm grateful every day for my life and I thank the Earth and the planet for my life, and I respect it for that. This is such a beautiful story. It's a a greater reality than the reality that we've built around us. As beautiful as it is, I'm the first to love technology. I love cars. I love boats. I I love my iPhone. I love it all. But all those things are still made from elements that we've dug up from the Earth, and it's still all gifts from Mother Earth to us.
0: When you talked about... Uh, what you learned um, when you you were seeking healing. Uh, and and the shaman said, "I cannot heal you, but in essence said he could teach you to do the work of love, of loving, of loving uh, nature.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And you talk about uh, being cut off from nature, and it it definitely is funny because uh, we cut ourselves off from nature more and more and then fill our homes with uh, pictures of plants of, of nature, <laughs> of landscapes
4: uh-huh.
0: and it's it's a beautiful thing that you are doing and that you were teaching others to do. Um, before I left you let you go because I know we're, we're getting close to time, uh, how can will you be back in the area? Are you uh, going to be teaching around here? How can folks find out more about uh, Jaguar, the Jaguar path uh, and you and, and Nina's work? Nina, right? Am I? Am I right?
2: Did
14: I? Nina, correct. Okay.
16: Correct. Uh, Jaguar. Go ahead. I will be back in the area. I am essentially uh, very accessible. All you have to do is uh, Google the JaguarPath.com, and you will find us. Our, our teachings and essentially our school is an online school. Now we do travel through different countries, and you find us here and there in the United States, in Peru, in Greece we live permanently in costa rica but travel throughout the world but for those who want to learn more i'm going to say by the fourth fifth year of my apprenticeship with the shamans uh, in the in the andes in the sacred valley of peru they told me that now that you've healed and now that you've learned all these things you have to go and teach so i've learned a series of different shamanic tools tools that help us heal help us find balance it's not magic remember I was dying, so I didn't want to find learn anything that was new-agey or uh, wishy-washy and weird. I needed to really make sure that I was learning things that helped me. Helped me help, change the way I think, the way I feel in my body, the chemistry I produce in my endocrine system. So now through the Jaguar path, we have a nine-month training that is actually beginning, uh, starting again this year for the 15th year in a row. November 19th, 20th is our first weekend. We need... Weekend a month for nine months. And in these nine sessions, you learn tools of how to heal yourself and how to change your perspective of life. And thus change the chemistry in your body, the way you act, and thus change how you live life. And and everything everything follows suit. Life itself changes for you.
0: Jaguarpath.com. So That's
16: the jaguarpath.com.
0: Yeah, it's and I just want to let you know, there's no the. So it's just jaguarpath.com. Jaguarpath.com. For for Ray Crist, for more from him, Ray, it was an honor to have you on this morning. Um, I do want to say to folks out there that where Ray lives, Costa Rica, is the most beautifully biologically diverse place on the planet that I've ever had the, uh, the total privilege of being able to visit. And I am not surprised at all that you have based yourself there. Pura Vida, Ray, and uh, blessings to you and to Bridget E.J., all of those uh, with you this morning. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Ray Christ. This was the Monday meditation under, well, not currently underwritten, to be determined at the moment. Uh, these are the love and spoonful, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome, and you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
10: The flowers Maybe we'll be caught For hours Waiting out the sun You and me Were gabbing away dreamy conversations Sitting in the hay Honey, how long was I Laughing in the rain With you, cause I didn't feel A drop till the thunder Brought us to
0: As usual, I'm finding myself with way more songs than time. I think it might be raining tomorrow, so if so, we'll keep the rain edition going. I promised you the Fleetwoods, I promised you Jetty Coon, and I promised you Bobby Vinton, so I'm going to give you exactly that. I may lead you into the NPR news break with rain from a band called Barefoot. I am Gianna Volpe, and I am so grateful to all of you out there staying tuned to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, commercial-free because of you, the listener supporter of Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
13: Down, down dam da, dam Raindrops Falling
17: raindrops Teardrops Lonely teardrops Raindrops From the sky Listening to raindrops From the sky Teardrops From my eyes of the teardrops from my eyes rain rain go away come again another day when you come bring my love to stay Drops blending with the falling rain, pounding out a rhythm on my window pane, making all the world seem a sad blur. She's gone, can't be with her Rain, rain, go away, come again another day When you come, bring my love to stay.
18: Jimmy Jimmy played the songs on the radio. Falling down, John sent his love through my stereo. What? How many pennies did they gamble on my soul? And secondly, why did they all leave us when y'all 20-something years old? You left us falling like copper raindrops falling down. The king at home If I could plead my case
4: outside his early game I would have a book of gems, poems, just in case
18: Two questions for the gods of rock and roll Here's the first one How many pennies will you gamble on my soul? And secondly, why y'all leave us? We all twenty-some years old
0: Jetty Coon on WLIWFM. Imagine my embarrassment when it took me asking Nancy Atlas about Jetty Coon to find out that it was her husband's band uh, live from WLIWFM Studio 51. My ignorance just forever in that interview. That's all right. You know what? You live and you learn. That's what they say. All right. I'm tucking Bobby Vinton's rain, rain, go away in my back pocket for the next rainy day edition of The Heart leading you into the NPR news break with barefoot. This is rain on Long Island's only Local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Deep bow to both of my guests this morning, Dr. Todd Griffin and Ray Christ, as well as our underwriter, Jennifer Benton. And you, whoever you are out there, the listener supporter of Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. I bow to thee. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Barefoot. And you, whoever you are, you know you're awesome. And you're listening to WLIWFM. I don't hear anything. Do you? OMG. I don't know what kind of black magic that is, but I'm going to find out how I can play barefoot rain for you from another source, since I don't hear anything coming through. Oh, I can't find it. What's this song? I'm going to play it. It looks like the song I'm pulling up is called Barefoot in the Rain from Adrian John Sosta. Oh, I see what it is. It's because the phone is up and the, st- you know what? That's me. Oh, GG.
4: <laughs>
0: this is barefoot I'm a silly goose. (laughs)